Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. He never changes. Isn't that good? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And great is his faithfulness. Even when we're not faithful, he remains faithful. That's who he is. And, and I like that, long, that line that says that that's our confidence. And we can rest in his promises, and our confidence is in his faithfulness. Not man's, not anyone else's, but our confidence is in his faithfulness. And count on it. Count on it. Because all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. That doesn't mean we, we give him a long list of things we want him to say yes and amen to but things that are in his heart for us, plans and purposes, and things that are his will for us. All those promises, all those answers are yes and amen. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for worship. All right. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, how technology has advanced incredibly fast over the last, just the last couple years, let alone the last five, ten years. It's incredible. Never before in, in the history of the world has more information been available to us, right? We've got this endless supply of information available to us right here, 24-7, in an instant. Just the tap of our fingers on these little handheld computers that we can't seem to do without. Uh, they can be a real blessing at times. They can be a real curse at other times. So I guess we've got to find a happy medium there. But, but think about it. We have instant access to a limitless amount of information. From instantly finding a recipe for Brazilian seafood stew that I want to try to finding out Chuck Norris's net worth. It's 70 million, by the way, Chris, but you probably already knew that. Do you know he's 83? 83! Uh, who cares? Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, technology. Endless supply of information on our cell phones. Now we may have an endless supply of information, but do we really need more information? Aren't we already on information overload? I don't know if God created our minds to absorb all, all of this constant bombardment we're getting. And maybe it's just me as I've gotten older, but instead of more and more information, I believe what we really need is more and more wisdom. Would you agree with that? Because it appears that in today's culture, we have so much information, but so little wisdom. Even common sense doesn't seem to be very common these days. And if you don't believe me, just turn on the world news for five minutes. That's all you need. You'll see. We've got information overload, but such a serious lack of wisdom. Now, I know the last three weeks, our theme has been seeking, right? Seeking God's presence. We spent two weeks on seeking more of God's presence. And last Sunday, it was seeking God's heart. And I believe the Holy Spirit was directing me to focus on seeking wisdom this week. Not seeking more information, but seeking more wisdom. Now, I know I need more wisdom. There's no doubt about that. Maybe, maybe you do too. So the title of this morning's message is a question. Just two words with a question mark. 
Got Wisdom. Remember the Got Milk ads and stuff? But it's Got Wisdom. We're going to be in James chapter 1 and James chapter 3. So, Father, as we look into your word, speak to us. Yeah, we need wisdom. Not just more now, not just more information, but we need wisdom. So would you teach us this morning from your word? Amen. Amen. The book of James is believed to have been written by Jesus' brother James, but there, there's some controversy and uncertainty about that with Bible scholars, of which I'm not one of. But anyway, James starts out by writing that we should consider it all joy. Consider it all joy when we are facing many kinds of trials and temptations. And he doesn't say one or two, but he says many, many. And one translation reads, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. So really, James? What you talking about, James? Let it be an opportunity for joy. Yeah, he, he says, count it all joy when you face these many trials. And he doesn't say if you face them. He knows we're going to face them. He says, but when you do, count it all joy when you face these many trials because it's going to test your faith. And how do you know how strong your faith is unless it is tested, right? And James says that the testing of our faith develops perseverance. And when our perseverance is fully developed, he says we'll be strong in character and be ready for anything. Did you hear that? When our perseverance is fully developed, we'll be strong in character and be ready for anything. James then says we'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then James gives us this incredible promise in James. It's chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. Look, look at what he says to us in verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all. Notice that to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, or when she asks, he or she must believe and not doubt because he or she who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man or that woman should not think he or she will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Now, ladies, the, the use of the word man and he, it was just uh, mankind. It wasn't slighting the women. But I also like the way the passage reads in the New Living Translation. Maybe this is the one we should have just stuck with. So look at the same verses in the NLT. If you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, and he'll gladly tell you. He'll not resent your asking. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer, for a doubtful mind is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. People like that should not expect anything from the Lord. They can't make up their minds. They waver back and forth everything they do. You know anybody like that? Anybody ever work with somebody like that? Anybody ever go to school with someone like that? Do you, do you live with someone like that? Are, are you like that? Am I like that? James answers two questions for us here. First question is number, what, what do we need? I mean, what do we really need? Do we need more money or do we need more wisdom in what we do with the money we have? I believe we all need more wisdom in our finances. I know I do. 
Because I know we can spend a lot on ourselves, but be really stingy with God, and that's just not right, because it all comes from him. So there's two questions here, and there's two answers. Number one, what do we need? The answer is we need more wisdom. Number two question, how do we get it? Answers, ask God. Don't ask Dr. Phil. Don't ask Oprah. Don't check your horoscope. Ask God. Why? Because he gives generously to all, not just some, to all without finding fault. If any of us here this morning lacks wisdom, the Bible says we should ask God. And he doesn't just give a little. He gives generously to all who ask him without finding any fault with us. That's really good news. Now, we know the Bible says we have not because we ask not, so let's, let's ask him. None of us have all the answers, no matter how smart or how experienced we think we are. We all need more wisdom. And James isn't talking about just having a lot of head knowledge. He's talking about the ability to make wise decisions in difficult circumstances and not to run on emotions and just jump and, and, and react to something that needs to be taken care of. Now, sometimes you don't have time to think things through, but most of the time, having wisdom helps us make wiser decisions in difficult circumstances. So as followers of Christ, we don't have to stumble around hoping to find answers. We can ask God for his wisdom to help guide our choices. Because there's a real prideful person who thinks they can get, on, get through this life successfully without asking the Lord for help. And he's generous. He's generous with his wisdom. He wants to bless us with his wisdom. But if all our goals are self-centered instead of God-centered, it's going to be difficult to receive his wisdom because we think we don't need it. See, God doesn't grant every little selfish, thoughtless request we make. He wants to align our desires with his desires and with his purposes for us. And as we read and as we study his word, and I hope we're all spending at least some time each day doing it, even if it's five minutes. I know we lead busy, busy lives. But as we read and we study his word, we'll learn more and more of his will. And he'll show us how to obey his will instead of following our own will, doing our own thing, going our own way. Is this making any sense? Some of us may disagree with this, but you know, if you disagree, you don't have a problem with me, you have a problem with God. Don't shoot the messenger, okay? But if any of us lack wisdom, the Bible clearly tells us what to do. Ask God. Because he gives generously and he won't find fault. I know I'm repeating that, but that is so important to remember. He won't find fault. He, he's not a harsh father who responds to our needs by reminding us of all our faults and, and all our previous mistakes. He's not like that. Did you hear that? He's not a harsh father. He doesn't respond to our needs by reminding us of our faults or mistakes. He'll not resent us asking him. He's not going to say, well, that's a fine mess you got yourself into. That was a pretty dumb thing you did. He doesn't say, call to me and I'll think about it. He says, call to me and I will answer you. He's a loving, generous papa who, who gives us his wisdom without finding any fault with us. So James has shown us five things in this passage. And here they are, five things. Number one, he shows us a need. 
If anyone lacks wisdom, if you lack something, you have a need for it, right? He shows us a need. Second, he gives us a command. Ask God. Three, he gives us a promise. God will give generously. Will give, not might give. Will give generously without finding fault. And number four, there is a condition to the promise. So when we ask him, we better be sure we really expect him to answer and not doubt. That's the condition. Because whoever doubts is like a wave of the sea, unsettled and tossed by the wind, the Bible says. And the fifth thing James shows us, there's a warning here, that if we doubt God, we shouldn't expect anything from him. Because we can't make up our minds. It says we're unstable. We waver back and forth in everything we do. Do you know anybody like that? We need to believe and not doubt, but I know, I know that's a whole lot easier said than done sometimes. So often we're like the man in Mark's gospel who told Jesus, Lord, I do believe. I do believe, but help my unbelief. Ever been there? Man, I've been there several times. Lord, I, I do. I really do believe you, but please. Please help this unbelief I still have. Now, I'm not ignoring our need for knowledge and our need for understanding because we most definitely need knowledge and understanding, but we also need wisdom because wisdom is the right application of knowledge and understanding. An intelligent person might have a lot of knowledge and might have some really profound ideas, but it takes a wise person to put those profound ideas into action that are going to be beneficial. A person could have all kinds of great ideas, but if they lack wisdom, they're just going to make a mess of things. So the wisdom that we need has two characteristics, at least two. Number one, it's practical. And number two, it's divine. God's wisdom is practical because it relates to life, everyday life, even during the most trying times we go through. It's not a wisdom that is just isolated from trials and hardships. If anything, it helps us overcome our trials. God's wisdom is also divine because it goes beyond common sense. Did you hear that? God's wisdom is divine because it goes beyond common sense. Common sense doesn't lead us to count it all joy in the middle of our struggles, does it? No. That wouldn't make any sense. That's why it's divine. God's wisdom isn't just intellectual knowledge or philosophical speculation. It's spiritual understanding that we only get from him. Spiritual understanding of his purposes in our struggle. So instead of just begging God, get me out of this mess I'm in, we need to be asking him, what am I supposed to learn in this? What, what are you trying to teach me, Lord? And then we need to learn it and learn it well so he doesn't have to teach it to us again. Amen. Man, there's some lessons I've learned. I don't ever want to have to relearn. They were too painful the first go-round. Maybe you've experienced that too. Some of the lessons are hard, hard to learn. I don't want to forget them. Remember, when we ask for this wisdom, the Bible says we need to believe and not doubt. Wonder, well, maybe, maybe he'll respond, maybe he won't. If we ask in faith and believe, God will give it generously the bible says but if we don't have the confidence that god will answer our request the bible says then don't expect to receive it if we lack that confidence it, it shows we have a doubtful mind and we shouldn't expect anything from the lord that sounds a little harsh doesn't it 
I think so. Listen, when we make the mistake of giving our feelings and our desires and the world's ideas, when we give all that the same authority in our lives as God's commands and his promises, the end result's going to be a lot of instability, an unsettled sea of indecision, chaos. See, if we can't make up our minds and, and we're wavering back and forth in everything we do, it's because we haven't elevated God's promises and his commands and his principles above our own feelings and our desires and our ideas and our fears. That's hard. I hope that makes sense. It made sense to me last night. Hopefully it carried over into this morning. But if we can't make up our minds, now I know there's times when we're not sure, but if we're just constantly unable to make up our minds, if we're constantly wavering back and forth in everything we do, it's because we haven't elevated God's promises and God's commands and his principles above our own feelings, our own desires, our own ideas. His ideas and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. All right. Another passage of scripture we need to look at concerning God's wisdom is in chapter 3 of the book of James. So let's look at James chapter 3, beginning verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about the good you do, then you'll be truly wise. But if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your hearts, don't brag about being wise. That's the worst kind of lie. Okay, so what's James telling us here? That same, the first verse in another translation says, do you, do you, do you want to be counted wise? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. That's good. It's the way we live, not the way we talk that counts. So wisdom is being displayed in the way we live. You know what? The lack of wisdom is also being displayed in the way we live. <laughs> we see that more and more, don't we? So wisdom should be a lifestyle. I if James were here and asked us today, are you wise? Do you consider yourself wise? How would we answer him? If we said, yes, James, we are wise, he would say, prove it. Show me your wisdom by the way you live. Because talk is cheap, right? It's not about what we say, it's about how we live, and it's, and it's not just how we live on a Sunday morning, but how we're living Friday and Saturday nights as well. So how wisely do we spend our time? How, how wisely do we spend our money? And do we honor God with our money, which is actually his money, because he provided it. He gave us the strength to earn it. How wisely do we treat others? How wisely do we parent our kids? How wisely do we treat our spouse? James is telling us if we're wise and we understand God's ways, then we should live a life of steady goodness. Our good deeds should be done in humility comes from wisdom. Don't brag about your good deeds. Don't be jealous of others. Don't have a selfish heart. Don't deny the truth or lie about it. That's terrible. Look at verse 15 and 16. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. 
Such things are earthly, unspiritual, motivated by the devil. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. Wow. He takes this stuff pretty serious, so should we. Here in verse 15 and 16, James is describing what is not godly wisdom. This is earthly wisdom motivated by the devil. Hey, newsflash, you can't live in an ungodly manner and expect to have God's peace in your life. It just doesn't work. The lack of godly wisdom causes all kinds of problems in our lives. Disorder and every kind of evil, the Bible says. The lack of godly wisdom causes chaos, causes confusion. Do you have any confusion in your home? Do you have any chaos in your marriage? Are things a mess at work or at school? If you're lacking peace and order in your life, chances are you're also lacking some godly wisdom. So how can we know? How can we know if we have godly wisdom instead of the world's wisdom? Well, when we're walking in godly wisdom, there's truth, there's peace, there's order, there's mercy, there's compassion and kindness and gentleness, and there's love. Look at verse 17 and 18. Leave this one up there for a while, Chris. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on these two verses for a while. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, okay, that's godly wisdom. The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. A person who is pure is uncorrupted by the world. They're authentic. They're truthful. They won't compromise their integrity to just fit in. If we really want to live in godly wisdom, we must live lives of integrity. Godly wisdom is also peace-loving and gentle at all times. How do we seek to have peace with others? With gentleness. Proverbs 15 tells us a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If you want to start an argument quickly, just go at someone with harsh words. See what happens. You know anybody? It seems like they're always looking for an argument. If we're going to walk in godly wisdom, we need to strive to be peace-loving and gentle at all times accent on the all times. You need to be shrewd as serpents, but gentle as doves, right? Peace-loving, gentle at all times. And we also need to be willing to yield to others, James tells us. He means be willing to listen. Be willing to try new things. Be open to suggestions and new ideas, unless they conflict with God's word, of course. But we need to be willing to see what works and, and, and what might work, what doesn't work. Be willing to take another person's advice, unless, of course, it's illegal or it's in conflict with God's promises. Most Christians are too sensitive if someone gives them a suggestion. Many times we see it as criticism when it's not meant that way. And I need to do a better job at this, too. And maybe you do, too. I, I need more wisdom. It was pointed out to me, um, the video we showed last week, if you were here last week, it was during offering time, which I always say is a an act of our worship. Our giving is an act of our worship. And, and, the, and the video was a Michael W. Smith song, but the images were from the movie Jesus Revolution. And so I said, yeah, act it, it seemed like it was a commercial for the movie. It, it, that wasn't my intentions, but that's the way it came across. So I apologize if anyone else felt like that. So there again, uh, I need to be willing uh, to listen and hear I don't get it right uh, all the time either. Uh, 
Um, but I thank the person for, for mentioning it to me. I'll be a little bit more careful next time. Yeah, because I'm saying, no, this is, our time. this is an act of worship, you know, and we're promoting a movie. That wasn't the way it was supposed to come across, but apparently that's the way it came across. Anyway, a person who walks in godly wisdom is open to suggestions. A pastor friend of mine, he, he was preaching about this very verse a couple months ago, you know, and says we've got to uh, gotta live what we preach, practice what we preach. And he was preaching on this, this same verse. And he really wanted to walk in godly wisdom. You know, and after his sermon, an old guy was going by and shook hands with him and said, Pastor, I got to tell you the truth, that message stunk. <laughs> Just flat out, that message stunk. And my friend was surprised by the comment, but he wanted to be open about it and be willing to yield to others, as the scripture said. So, so my friend asked the old guy, well, what, what, what part of the sermon didn't you like? He said, all of it. And, and you read it poorly. And he told him, Is it, and that sermon wasn't worth reading in the first place. Oh, wow, ouch. And my friend's trying to stay calm, but he could feel some anger starting to brew. You know, he could feel, feel it stirring. And just at that moment, another guy who heard what the old guy said comes up and says, Pastor, don't pay any attention to the old guy. He only repeats whatever he hears everyone else saying, so don't worry about what he says. <laughs> I don't know if that helped him or not, but, but if we want to be wise will be open to suggestions, unless they're unbiblical, of course. So let's not be critical. Let, let's not be defensive. Let's be willing to hear others' idea. Proverbs 12 tells us that fools are headstrong and do what they like. Wise people take advice. Wise people take advice. None of us want anybody telling us how to live our lives, though, do we? I, I don't know where you draw the line on what's wise counsel and what's sticking your nose in where it don't belong. James also tells us godly wisdom is full of mercy and good deeds. So are we guilty uh, of pointing out other people's mistakes but ignoring our own? Are, are we keeping a scorecard of how many times we've been wronged or do we too easily let our hearts get offended? Are, are we not willing to forgive and move on? If all those things are still plaguing us then, then we're lacking godly wisdom and we're lacking mercy. If I really want to walk in godly wisdom, I won't emphasize someone else's mistakes. I need to give them what they need, not what I think they deserve. I need to show them mercy, not judgment and be critical. That's hard to do sometimes, though, isn't it? Yes, Bob, it is. It's not on the screen, but Proverbs 17, verse 9 says, Disregarding another person's faults preserves love. Disregarding another person's faults preserves love. Telling about them separates close friends. Man, that's so true. We need to encourage each other. I mean, when, when someone stumbles, we need to pick them up, not step on them, right? Godly wisdom is just full of mercy, full of good deeds, the Bible tells us. Your Bible might say good fruits, but he's talking about all the acts of kindness we show others. Some are bigger than others, but all those acts of kindness so we need to show more kindness. We, we need to show more compassion. We need to show more mercy. And then James says that godly wisdom shows no partiality and is always sincere. Always sincere. Don't show favoritism. Don't be phony. Be impartial. Be real. 
If you say you're a Christian or, or a believer or a follower of Christ, then act like one. Live each day like one, not just Sunday morning. None of us, not one of us, are perfect. There's only one of us that ever walked this earth that was perfect. He's not here right now, but he's coming back. We all screw up. We all sin. But as believers, we know we're forgiven and we're saved by the grace of God. Amen? Hallelujah for that. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. See, it involves confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. If anyone here hasn't done that yet, please don't put it off any longer. You, you want to be sure about your eternity. You want to talk about that, stick around for a few minutes, but don't play around with your eternity. Okay. All right, James finishes this passage of Scripture with verse 18. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Planting seeds of peace so we can reap a harvest of goodness. Some Bibles say harvest of righteousness. I know some of us are getting ready to plant gardens once this freeze warning leaves. But let's plant these kind of seeds, okay? Let's plant seeds of peace so that we can reap a harvest of goodness. Let's be peacemakers and peacekeepers. And let's keep this in mind. Godly wisdom has a completely different source than worldly wisdom because it has different goals. It has different results. Look at these two verses again to remind us what godly wisdom really looks like. Verse 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality. It doesn't show any favoritism. And it's always, always, always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Man, that's good. Remember what James told us back in chapter 1, verse 5? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all of us without finding fault with any of us. That is such good news. So let's decide today, all right, on March 19th, 2023. Let's decide right here, right now, before we walk out those doors, that we're going to walk in godly wisdom instead of the wisdom of this world, okay? It may take some practice, but no more unhealthy choices, no more unhealthy relationships, no more seasons of cert uncertainty, no more fear, no more doubt ruling our lives, no more compromising our beliefs, no more selling out and settling for less than God's best for our lives. He's got such good plans for us. Such great purposes for every one of us. Sometimes I think we're just barely scratching the surface of all he's got for us. From the youngest to the oldest and everyone in between. We've each been given a destiny from God. And our destinies are far too great to neglect for some cheap, temporary pleasure that this world offers. I hope you believe that. The devil's been lying to us too long about our destiny. We just need to lean into Jesus more, right? We need to press into Jesus more and more and more 
so we can walk in freedom and walk in power and walk in love and walk in victory. It's already been paid for on the cross. So let's walk in godly wisdom from now on. Let's fulfill his plans and his divine kingdom purposes for our lives. Amen? Sound good? Amen. All right, let's pray. Please stand with me. If you need prayer, come on up for prayer. If you want to pray where you are, pray for somebody. Maybe the Lord impressed something upon you to share with somebody. Maybe it's just something for you to hang on to. Maybe it's for later. Whatever. Let's be more sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Come back next week. Bring somebody with you. Father, thank you again for the truth in your word. And, and Lord, help us all. Help us all uh, to seek more wisdom. Because the, the promise is right there. If any of us lack wisdom, all we got to do is ask you. And you give generously generously and you don't find fault with us let us get over ourselves and let us get over uh, the lies of the enemy that still hold us back lord break us free from all that stuff and let us walk in power let us walk in authority you have given us let us walk in divine love and, and strength and wisdom let us walk out of here in greater godly wisdom than what we had when we walked in here. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.